What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain, or watching, because we have the second mini-sode um, of our podcast and chill. Did you like that, Richard, by the way? That was really good. Kind of creative. <laughs> Anyways, we have Richard Gendel Brown on the line. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Katherine. Thanks for having me. It's a while since I've been on, so this is great. I know. I was thinking about this the last time you were in New York, but you kind of just like flew in and flew out. I feel like you're either there for a long time or you just pop in and are gone. Yeah, I've learned my lesson. I normally arrive I, I, usually on a Monday evening, leave Thursday evening. So like you say, that I'm, that I'm there only for two or three days. And then the only time, and I wonder whether this is all my fault, you know, maybe I shouldn't even be joking about it, but the only time I've been in New York for all three over a weekend was the very last time I went. And of course, the world has changed since, but it's not my fault. I didn't do it. Richard! <laughs> no, I <laughs> But I was thinking this because last time I saw you in the office, I was like, oh, yeah, got to steal some of his time because you're very hard to, to lock down when you come over because everyone's so excited to see you. But then then the virus happened. And then I was like, when am I going to get anyone on now? It's just me. That's boring. No one wants to listen to just me. <laughs> and so this mini series came out. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to have you on. We're going to have to do another one in the future in person, hopefully near future what do you think what do you think is going to happen do you think we'll be able to get back to business as usual soon or what are you what are your thoughts it's so hard to tell because you know clearly you know, this this will pass you know there will be some point when we're not all in lockdown so you know, you know i'm recording this with you um in march i'm in the uk the uk is in effective lockdown you know i'm you know, I'm at our I'm at our place in, in in Gloucestershire in the english countryside and you know the rule is we can go out to exercise once per day we can go to the shops maybe once per week and then for any medical trips or, or to help others. Otherwise, we have to remain at home. And it's like, it's, it's, I was going to say it's insane. It makes perfect sense. But you know, who would have thought that's what the world would be like a few weeks ago? And you just see this rolling out. It, was in, it happened in, it was in China, then Europe, now the UK. And I assume you know, we already see parts of this in some parts of the US. I assume this is coming for everybody at some point. But it will pass. You know, we'll figure out what to do. The bit I'm not sure about mm-hmm. is, is you know, what if anything changes afterwards? We'll, so I take take all three. I guess you know, some of the listeners and viewers will know this, but I think we've got a really sort of collegiate friendly um, office based culture, especially in, in New York and London. You know, London, you know, everybody's in the office. So it's designed. Yeah. The same in New York. It's designed for all our customers and partners to be there. Um, um, and, and we people work from home when they need to, but in general, people want to be in the office, and they are. I wonder now, though, given that we've you know, we've had to learn how to work remotely, we've had to learn to do things like this, whether the balance will change, whether we'll see people coming in for a few days and then working from home. It'd be interesting to see what changes, but who knows? This is just, it's just unbelievable what's happened. I know, I know. I think uh, one thing that I found interesting, so we had, I actually think you guys had bar, th- in London, you had bar three yesterday. Normally you guys do them on um, Fridays. We're recording on a Friday. This is going out tomorrow on Saturday. Um, so... 
and you guys had bar three, we had in New York a bar three as well. And I think one of the things we all kind of went around and talked about in New York, at least what was working for us, working from home, what we missed. Um, one thing I realized was that I was like, we are sufficient. Like we all love being around each other. And the main thing that everyone was saying was like, I, I miss seeing you guys in the office, running into Ronnie in the kitchen, running into Lamar on the way to this. And just everyone's talking about how much they miss each other, which I thought was really sweet and endearing, but it is weird because we have to adjust and yeah, you're right. Like maybe it won't necessarily go back to the way it was before. I don't think it will at least. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I guess I'm not saying anything original here, but you know, if I'm in the, if I were in the the travel business, the conference business, um, you kind of think that's going to be so much different, you know, know, all those, all those blockchain conferences I flew around the world to, to go to, because I kind of felt like, you know, we had to be seen. You wonder, you know, I think people have probably realized that a lot of them just are not that necessary. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think also one thing that we took away or I took away from bar three yesterday was we do have people remotely working from home all over. So we have in the US, we have um, Kat Ostrowski in Boston, we have Amy in uh, San Francisco, and we're building out a San Francisco office. And what a few people said like Amy uh, Fisher, who was on the podcast recently, she was like, yeah, I was working from home all the time, so I'm used to it. But now that everyone is working from home, I feel like I have a little community around yeah. me now too. Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny you did that. I spoke to Amit, who runs, um, for those who don't know him, he runs, he runs APAC for the firm. Um, and you know, he sits on our executive committee. Um, the vast majority of our senior leadership are in New York and London. And we have, yeah. we have a, a smaller number who are not. So, um, so, so, I, so when I spoke to him, I said, well, you know, I think we all need to learn from you because you You've been participating in these conversations where most people are in one of the two major offices. How have you made it work? Because whatever your technique is, we've all now got to learn that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very, and I touched on this a little with Todd, because I think um, from the executive level, it the working from home thing is a little, just the, I'm, I guess... It depends what industry you're talking about. But for uh, Exco, I feel like it is a little funny, the working from home thing. And now they have they have to do it as well. So I think everyone's getting a new appreciation for the people who work from home. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did find it hard. It was um, I worked from home a lot at IBM, um, but I guess it was punctuated at, with, with times of going into the office or seeing clients or um, yeah. and it was always on my own terms. Whereas when it's enforced, um, I guess last week in particular, so you know, we're recording this at the end of, the Mar- end of March, last week was when the UK went into lockdown effectively. Um, you know, that was the first week I was working, working from home enforced. And it took me a good few days to figure out a rhythm, figure out a way to make it, make it work. So it was, um, yeah, it's, it's been quite, quite a transition for everyone. Yeah, I know. Also, and then we have to talk about uh, your recent post on Forbes and, and other businessy things. But also today, I think today, Boris Johnson announced that he got coronavirus. Did you see that? Yeah, Boris Johnson and our health minister, Matt Hancock. So the, the guy in charge of the entire health service for the country and the prime minister. And you know, I, I, I wish them both well. I hope it is mild. But you have yeah, to yeah. think, you, know, you, you have to think though. So you know, um, these are people who you know, certainly take the prime minister, who has spent a huge amount of time with you know, the senior leadership of the of the military, of the medical profession, yeah. of the scientific profession, of the of the civil service, um, you know, all all the journalists. You know, basically, you know, the entire the, the entire leadership, all the major planks of society, have all been in contact with him in the last few weeks. So, so God, I, I hope he's like he's not the start of one of many. 
I know. So that's crazy. I mean, the main thing is just stay at home. But the fact that these people (laughs) who are kind of telling us to stay at home, practice social distancing, you would think that that they would be uh, the last to get it. But you, you think so. But that is, that's probably the thing I've enjoyed most about working from home. And I guess everyone likes to, I mean, it, behind you is this, this, this beautiful beautiful room you're in. Um, there was a great article in the FT today that the, um, but it was interviewing um, various um, Manhattan bankers, um, you know, Wall Street and elsewhere, um, and how they're coping with the um, with what's going on. There's some of them have been able to escape the city, some of them haven't. But there's just this marvelously, almost like catty or sarcastic remark in the middle by this um, this um, like snobby uh, banker saying, "Well, you know, my favorite thing about this whole episode is I now get to see what my colleagues have on their bookshelves, and I couldn't believe how many of them have John Grisham books. I thought they were educated." it's so rude it's really rude but it is really funny and i was just saying i was just saying this to um my brother who's watching he's watching the markets everyone is because it's just everything's blowing up but you're watching the news and it's different like you and i are the co-workers you do learn a little something about your co-workers i think i brought my dog into every single meeting i'm like here's thor but um but it is interesting too with the tv personalities who are actually in their homes too you see into their homes. yes yes <laughs> kind of weird too and how some of them just don't, don't don't give a damn so some of them have clearly sort of decided where they're going to put the camera they've rearranged the bookshelves behind them there's, there's one yeah. tv presenter in the uk he's he's the political editor of one of the news stations um you know he's like he's, he's famous in the uk there's a show named after him um, he doesn't mm-hmm. even make an attempt to close the door of his office. So you've got you've got him sitting there. The room's a complete tip. Behind him is the door open with a light behind him. So he's backlit. You can think this is like a senior political journalist, and he's just like got no sense of anything. That is so funny. You would think with someone like that, they would like send in someone to set like set it up, like yeah, the yeah. lighting, camera, everything. Um, but that was another good quote I heard. Apparently, someone again, someone being sort of pretty mean on on the internet was saying, um, "The um, you can tell because obviously most of these presenters are male." I said, "You can tell that." Um, what was the exact quote? But it was basically saying, like, "You can tell these guys are doing their own makeup." Was basically the comment. Oh my gosh. Shots fired. That is hilarious. Well, we're getting a window into each other's lives that we wouldn't necessarily otherwise for for better or for worse. Um, So you just recently posted on Forbes um, an amazing piece. Anyone who hasn't read it uh, should read it. I feel like I should stop being blown away by by your writing, but I I am because you do. I, I would love to hear you kind of start and you're teasing out enterprise blockchain, right? But you're not actually saying it until the end. Um, and you use computers as an example. So I'd love one for you to just talk about uh, your thought process and that and just explain um, the piece in general. Yeah, so, well, thank you for that. That's, that's really kind. Um, so this is the first time I've, because I only published it yesterday, so this is the first time I've tried to talk to that piece. So hopefully I don't waffle on for ages. Um, the, the inspiration for the post really came from the last time I was in New York. Um, I had a client meeting with, with Jeff Cooperstein, who's one of our client leads in New York. And, and, the, and the client was talking about how they, they didn't have a, they didn't have it in quotes a traditional blockchain use case as they saw it. At least they didn't think they did because they weren't doing tokenization of assets. 
And they were saying, you know, what we need to do is just get better at linking our systems with those of our customers and, and some of our suppliers uh, because we do, it's just really inefficient. The data doesn't flow properly. Um, and, and, and so I thought, well, hang on. That's, that's a, that's, in my head, I was thinking that's a big part of what, of what Corda at least does because there's, 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 there's messaging, there's identity, there's workflow, there's identity. Um, I've said that twice now. So I thought, well, so I worked it up with them on the board and said, well, okay, and this is what the basis of the article was. I said, let's imagine your only objective was to get your systems to talk to your, to your customers and your counterpart systems. Um, you, know, you can do that with people today. You know, your employees can talk and communicate just fine with your, your customers' employees. If there's a system for that, we call it email, and it works. You know, email will make sure the message gets to the right people, even if they're not online. It makes sure they get to the, the right person because there's an email address. You know, it kind of works. But it only really works because there's intelligent people at each end. You know, when I receive an email, you know, I read it, and then my brain and my experience and my training tells me what to do with it. You know, we don't have to have signed a contract and got this big detailed list of instructions before we can send the emails to each other. We can kind of figure it out from the context. The problem, of course, is computers are stupid. You know, they can only do what you tell them to. But mm -hmm. if you could do some of the similar things, as in if you could get to the point where a computer in my firm could send a message to a computer in your firm and you knew that it was getting to the right place and the right computer at the right firm and it was getting there as quickly as possible and it was getting there securely and, and it didn't even require the other computer to be running because if it's not, it would just wait till it got there. That would be good. But, if, but, but, but because these computers are stupid, you have to go a step further. You have, you have to also write down what you have to write down in code. What do you expect the computer on the other end to do when it receives that message? You know, you have to have pre-agreed yeah. what the workflow and the, the business rules are. So I said, you, know, you could do that yourself, but you'd have to build an identity system, a messaging system, a workflow system, a way of capturing all that business logic. And it's, it's, yeah. But it could have really good benefits, you know. And it's been done in some industries, you know. You could you could argue that's what Swift does for financial messaging to some extent. And some markets are able to do this by just putting a big centralized database in the middle because there's somebody they trust to run it. But most markets don't want someone like that because there's there's no one firm that everybody trusts. So we do have to solve this problem of how we can get our systems to talk to our customer systems. Um, net net, and this is the I guess the way the article kind of finished was. To do this, and people have done it in very narrow use cases, but to do it generally, you need to build a system of addressing identity, routing, workflow, messaging, asynchronous messaging, all those things. And then kind of like if you like, you know, like the big reveal in the article was that's what enterprise blockchain is. Now, what I wanted to write was that's what Corda is, because in reality, it's only really Corda that has those things built in from scratch. It's, it's the basis of the identity and flow framework, as we call it. Um, but because I'm publishing on, you know, on someone else's platform, on Forbes, you know, there's rules. If I, if I become too salesy and if I, become too, you know, <laughs> if, I, if I shout too much about you know, one product, then, um, then my editor at Forbes shouts at me and makes me change it. So I had to, I had to be very neutral. <laughs> but hopefully you can see between the lines what I was actually talking about was was, was, was Corda. Um, so that was the idea. You know, imagine if you're trying to build a system of email for machines, how would you do it? And the answer was it has to look like email for humans, but you need two extra things. The identity layer has to be much more secure because there's no intelligence at each end and there has to be code that tells you what to do at each end because computers are stupid. Yeah, I like the way that you kind of set everything up and then had like the big reveal of, yeah, this is enterprise prize blockchain. Um, and I also think uh, one thing that, that you've talked about and we've talked about over the years, uh, and you mentioned this in the post, but um, why not just set up a centralized database? <laughs> 
Yeah, because that was I, I injected that towards the end because I sent it to a few colleagues to review, including Todd, and he said, "Well, you know, this is probably a way to because we get that we get asked this a lot, and there's probably a yeah. way to to loop this in." So, and the point I made was, I said, "Well, let's imagine you've got all these firms who are trying to you know exchange messages with each other to to exchange messages with each other to to sort of like do business together. Um, doesn't that seem a bit cumbersome? I've got my system, you've got your system. Why not just yeah. have one big central system that we all rely on?" And the point made was well if you if you if you know someone who's trusted enough that they could run the entire it system for an entire market you know tell me where i can find one of those angels because there's lots of other things i'd like them to go do for me as well that's a huge (laughs) amount of trust and power to 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 like imbue it in one 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 entity yeah yeah yeah. i think i mean it is also worth inject because there are people i'm sure who are reading this stuff because you're the way that you write to um you can obviously be tech, very technical, but you obviously also have this um, business perspective. There are some people who I'm sure are reading this for the first time and like, oh, yeah, that makes sense and would have that question. Yeah, so it's yeah. good to, <laughs> to put it in there. Um, yes, everyone, I will link to that in the bio of this episode. Um, that was great. Came out recently. And then you also, even though it has not been released yet, you did a uh, podcast debate with John Wolpert, which I, wa- I saw on Twitter didn't it come up on Twitter didn't someone like challenge you guys to have yeah. like a Twitter? yeah I forget why it happened now but John so so for those who don't know him although I, you should do because he's, he's probably more famous than me he's far more active on Twitter than me these days John Wolpert is one of the if not the brains behind Hyperledger Fabric back when it was mm-hmm. um, blockchain at IBM that, that's how I he and I first got to know each other when we, could, we were both at IBM at the same time and then he left IBM to join Consensus where he's he's um, he's driving I guess I mean I don't want to put words into his mouth but I guess he's he's the one I think probably thinking hardest about how to bring Ethereum to the enterprise um, in, in a practical way so i think it's as distinct from say the eea his big thing mm-hmm. at the moment is this new thing he's, he's come up with that he's calling baseline um which it's, it's a bit hard to understand because he, he it's not a, he claims it he says it's not a product it's a protocol it's an idea but the general idea seems to be very and, he, and he's, he's he's very generous about this he says it's influenced by corda and the flow framework but he's mm-hmm. he has this idea of you know if you've got like an sap erp system over here and your, your customers may be using microsoft dynamics over here wouldn't it be great if you could somehow synchronize them know they're synchronized and, and and keep them in sync. You know, that sounds pretty similar yeah. to the quarter sales pitch um, in, in yeah. many ways. Um, but he's, he's pursuing it in a way that, um, and the bit, the bit I was challenging him to when we did our debate yesterday was, I said, well, you know, how could I argue with that? You know, that, that that's kind of like, that's my act. If you like, that's, that's, that's our pitch. But then you keep saying, oh, and then you put stuff on mainnet, and mainnet is is, is how he describes the court, the the Ethereum um, public um, public network. But and, and so we spent a lot of time debating why he needs to integrate with this permissionless network where the gas fees go all over the place, why there's like no yeah. congestion, you know, five hours congestion last week, and all the rest of it. So so it was an interesting back and forth. But as you say, it began with just a discussion on on Twitter. I forget what we were arguing about. We like we constantly sort of like we're friends, but we constantly <laughs> argue with each other on Twitter and. So Someone, someone, someone saw us yelling at each other a few weeks ago and said, "Oh, come on, guys!" He was like, "Get a room, we'll have a debate." I couldn't, so we thought, "Fine, we'll, we'll have a debate." I remember seeing that because obviously I'm always on social media. I'm always like stalking what everyone's doing um, for my job and for fun. Um, but I remember seeing that and being like, "Oh, this could get spicy." <laughs> <laughs> the problem Did it is, main friendly. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is the problem. John's got a really clever trick. So he like he gives as good as he gets online, but as soon as he's on like a, a podcast or a video, as soon as you can see him on the camera, like he's the nicest guy in the world. So so I just can't bring myself to sort of get really angry or argumentative. So I guess that's his superpower. Like people can't get angry with him in person. I feel like that's like your superpower too. <laughs> but people try a little bit to like nip. But I feel like I. Uh, I think it's funny because I guess obviously with me controlling their corporate uh, social media accounts, you're the perfect example of like an employee who we want to be responding and talking to people on social media because someone could say something that's like super inflammatory or like really negative or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, great perspective. However, um, <laughs> you're wrong, but you say it in like a nicer way. Yeah, Charlie sent me. Actually, it was Nick of um, so so um, our, our, our external um, our comms firm who we do a lot of work with. Um, Nick, um, who who I think I think owns it. I think he um, he he and Charlie, who who um, who, who, um, who a lot of people know, we were discussing this yesterday, and they um, they both sent me the um, that standard what an English person says and what they mean, and I think that's what's going on. So I say to someone, "Oh, that's interesting," and what I actually mean is, "You are insane." <laughs> It's just so good. But you do say, like, it's like softens the beach a little bit. And then you're like, but here's some palpable data. Or like, here is a blog post I wrote a year ago about this. Or da da da. So I like it. Um, and you have a lot, of, a lot of things to point to. Um, so that's great. I think everyone should keep an eye out for that. I'm interested in, in hearing, hearing the debate. Yeah, it should. So um, I guess we're recording this 27th of March. I think it's supposed to come out in a couple of weeks. So I guess mid-April. And when it does, we'll, um, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll all be um, tweeting it out. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, before I let you go, um, <clears throat> is there anything that you've been doing while we're quarantined? Or like, have you picked up anything that you wouldn't have normally done because you're working from home? Like an activity or even like it can be work-wise or just personal? Oh, wow, that's put me on the spot. So, so there's loads Sorry. of things I said I'd do. No, no. So, um, so I because so, where we are, we've got a piano downstairs, and I keep saying I'm going to start practicing more because you know, I'm one of the I'm one of these pianists oh, yeah. who can you know I can just I can just I can plonk out a few chords, but there's absolutely no art to it as well, um, and I haven't touched it in a week. Um, but I think the one the one decision I'm so glad I made was when I saw that the big thought that you know, this this lockdown in the UK is coming. Um, I, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I need to do some exercise, and I wasn't sure if we'd even be allowed to, to leave leave you know, leave the home at all. So just mm-hmm. in case we couldn't go for runs, and actually we are allowed, I placed an order with um, with like an online gym equipment place that just ships some stuff for the shed, um, and I, I ordered it. And it's almost like you know you know the, the almost like you know the, the, just like, you know, the, the, the last batch. So I ordered it. It took a week to arrive. Anyone ordering now, it's a two-month lead time. So, so, so getting that order in just when I did, I was so pleased. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I, um, I've been I, – because Manhattan, everyone's telling you to get out of Manhattan if you can. So um, I went down to a family home on the Jersey Shore, but I realized that we don't have anything – I don't have, like, weights or anything, and I said this to Todd. So I'm trying to be creative, and I – because I have um, – Peloton, do you know what Peloton is? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I have the because in my building in New York, there's a Peloton bike there. So I just totally take advantage of that. But on the app, there's more. There's strength. There's yoga. There's meditation. It's a lot more than people actually think because people just think about the bike. Yeah, yeah. And they just introduced dance cardio. I am so bad at it, but I'm determined <laughs> by the end of quarantine <laughs> to be good at it. And I'm. It's so embarrassing. But that's the one thing I picked up. 
That, uh, that makes sense because I think there's going to when we get back to the office, there's going to be two groups of people: those who've put on a hundred pounds and those who've lost ten pounds or something. There's going to be nothing in between. <laughs> no, nothing in between. This is I've seen a lot of things on social media about this. It's like you're either going to come out a great cook or potentially drank too much and now you're <laughs> like there's just it, it'll be interesting but I'm in the weird in between where I'm like I'm gonna also get better at cooking so I'm gonna work out but I'm gonna make sure to eat mm-hmm. 8,000 calories a day so who knows where I'll be yeah and I guess I mean I don't want to end on a downer but I guess we have to be so so grateful for, for, for what we have there's so many people going through such horrific times right now and you know, I guess yeah. we're, we're, we're moaning about the fact that you, know, you, you can't get you can't get your peloton or I can't I can't get to the gym and but it's yeah. it's it's so it's it's you know I guess we're, we're we're lucky to be in the situation we are but it's um it doesn't make it any any less weird and stressful for everyone I guess yeah no I agree and that's a good way to kind of finish this all off obviously and I said this in the last mini episode um Supporting local businesses, obviously so important. We are so lucky we can do our jobs remotely. There are so many people that can't. Um, mm-hmm. So supporting those who who you can, it's just such a weird time. But right now at, at R3, we are trying to figure out how as a company, on top of your individual, uh, what you can do for your communities uh, as a company, what we can, we can do because we are very, very fortunate. We can do all of this online. No, I totally agree, and, and and I agree. I just saw saw an announcement on precisely that about what the company is planning to do to 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 help um, match employee contributions in perhaps a more generous way than people might expect. So it's um, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. So fun. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. <laughs> okay, talk to you soon. See you. Bye. Bye.